Welcome to The Design Diaries, a podcast for creatives, freelancers, and business owners looking for candid conversations and real advice. I'm Melissa, self-taught designer turned freelancer and now studio owner, here to share my experiences and help you reach your goals. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. This is a really, really crazy podcast for me because it's my first ever like guest. I've had friends on the podcast before where we just talk about everything and nothing at the same time, but I actually have some valuable information for you today because I have a really talented and super cool guest speaker, Ivy McNeil. She is a business and intellectual property attorney. She also founded her own firm, Canarian Hedge. Um, you can find her at Legally Ivy on Instagram. Trust me, you're going to want to go on Instagram right now as listening to this and check out her profile. It is so cool. It's gorgeously branded. As we all brand designers know, that is like, <clears throat> there's like nothing better. And going onto someone's profile and being wild. So go over to her, follow her. She's amazing. I found her, um, I think a year ago and saw all the amazing content that she puts out. She has a podcast called Heistish along with a lot of resources on her page. And as soon as I came across her, I knew that I wanted to get in touch, work with her and also have her on the podcast. So she is going to be talking all about intellectual property and talking a little bit about working with an attorney as well. So Ivy, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. What an amazing introduction. Thank you. <laughs> I'm I'm impressed with myself. <laughs> As you should be, honestly. I I, mean, I was talking to Ivy before we started um, recording this podcast and I told her I'm a little bit of a fangirl just because like she has her stuff together and that's like very aspirational for me. So I'm really excited to hear from her, like all the tips that she has to share for all of us. So this episode is honestly more for me than it is for all of you guys. I just happen to be publishing it. So um, <laughs> the main questions that I asked Ivy to cover is like the questions I feel like I think about all the time as a designer, which is one, like how can we as designers avoid legal issues, especially when it comes to working with clients? Yeah, definitely. Um, I know that you and I have had this conversation separately and and I'm so happy that you brought me on because the questions that you have are some of the same questions that I get from the majority of my clients. So, and that's across all industries, right? Everybody's main focus is one, you know, growing their business, but also making sure that they're getting the legal stuff right because even if you don't fully comprehend it, you do know that it's very important and that it's something you should be implementing at, you know, the very early stages of the game. So I appreciate you for having me on. I'm excited to share everything that I know um, and things that I readily share with my clients and, you know, other groups that, you know, just have the courage to ask for help because that's what I love to do. Um, so we're going to just jump right into it. Just talk about some of the things that, you know, I think are really important specifically for brand designers, but also for different creative entrepreneurs. So one of the things um, that I normally assist clients with is identifying those checkpoints where you have an opportunity to really implement legal strategy. And for brand designers specifically, I'm very familiar with, you know, the process I have several clients that are in this particular industry. The three checkpoints that I usually recommend would be one, the consultation, two, you know, the, the service process. So if there's like a checkpoint in the service process, right? And then also the offboarding. So that would be your initial calls, you know, the onboarding calls should include some references to different legal strategies or questions that will help you assess legal risk that your client may be bringing to the table. 
And then your contract is going to speak to your service. So in that contract, in that document, there needs to be specific legal lease, as we say, you know, legal language and provisions that help protect you and the client. And then of course, offboarding, just making sure that you're tidying up loose ends with, you know, specific disclaimers, copyright transfer agreements and things like that, because the types of claims that you guys will readily see are like trademark infringement, copyright infringement claims, right? And then occasionally like breach of contract claims, if you have a client that, you know, doesn't really have your best interest at heart, right? Um, but the two main that we really see are copyright infringement and trademark, infr- trademark infringement. And it's really hard for you to protect yourself against those types of claims if you don't initially assess the risk that your client is bringing to the table. So I have this amazing questionnaire that you know I generally provide my clients and I'm happy to share with you guys today just to kind of introduce some questions that you should be asking your clients, whether it's during the initial consultation, the onboarding, like these are the things you want to know so that you can at least advise them on the steps they should be taking to legally protect themselves and then steps you should be taking to legally protect yourself as you move forward in the design process. I have to just like let everybody know that this questionnaire is so valuable. I was looking through it and I was like, wow, I've actually never asked any of these questions in any of my consultation calls. And I immediately am like going to draw up a list of ways to implement them in all my calls with clients in the future, just because I have never really been not concerned, but I've never really been thinking actively about legal risk when I'm thinking about booking clients. I think as designers, we think about the project and like the aesthetic and which packages they're going to want to sign up for. We just think about like getting them on. We never think about what the risk is to us. We always just think about like the money or the, the design portion, like the fun stuff, but it, unfortunately has been a couple of times in my um, past working with clients where I really wished I could go back in time and assess the legal risk and ask those questions that are actively on this questionnaire. So um, just a plug to go to the episode description to look for the link to get this freebie that Ivy has so generously provided to all of us. It's a really, really great and comprehensive questionnaire that has just a wealth of information on there that I would never have accessed or thought about otherwise. So yeah, I just wanted to plug that in there before Ivy continues. Yeah, absolutely. And and what you're saying is so true um, across the industry. Like everyone's really excited about getting to work, right? And you love what you do. So when you get a new client, it's a new creative opportunity and you're like, oh, this is the time for me to shine. I really want to do something well. Let me get to know more about your brand. But unfortunately, when you have two people working together that are not well-versed in the law, something's bound to happen, right? There's there's going to be some mishaps that occur or some legal pitfalls, so to speak. And so one of the things that, um, I, I won't go into all of the questions. There's about, I think there's about 10 questions or eight questions, I'm sorry, eight questions in this questionnaire. Um, and I really want you guys to be able to utilize that. It's something you can immediately just implement into your consultation if you want. But the number one thing that I would recommend asking about Um, ask your client if they have any existing trademarks or copyrights associated with the brand, right? Because a lot of times people will be sharing with you their brand photos. They'll be sharing with you, you know, their ideal fonts that they may be using in existing branding, or they may be using a business name. And when it comes to photos and fonts, you guys know that, you know, one, you need licenses for the fonts and stock images. But even if you've hired a photographer to take photos for your brand, those 
photographers actually own the rights to those photos, even if you've hired them and paid them to do the job. So you need to make sure that you have what we call a copyright transfer agreement. The client needs to make sure they have it. And if they can provide that for you, then that would be great because that would assure you that your use of the photos and your brand design does not amount to copyright infringement, right? If they don't have it, then this is an opportunity for you to shine and just show them how knowledgeable and professional you are and say, hey, by the way, these brand photos look great um, just to make sure that you have copyrights to it and that I can use it without you know, infringing on the photographer's rights. Check back with your photographer and see if they would be willing to give you a copyright transfer agreement, right? And that way you guys can move forward with confidence knowing that there's no unlawful you know, activity going on in the use of these creative assets. And then when we talk about trademarks, so many businesses jump into the branding process before they've actually cleared their name to make sure one, that it's eligible to be used and that they can legally own it. And what happens is you spend a lot of time designing out this amazing brand and they spend a lot of time and money paying you to do it. And then they discover later on that they have to rebrand because someone else already owns the name. And that is a horrible conversation to have with clients. It's never easy to do, um, especially if they've already undergone the branding process. So that question alone would save you some headache, your clients some headache, and also illustrate you know, how knowledgeable you are about the legal components of your industry. I have to say that as you were talking about this, I literally had a flashback to this like heartbreaking project that I did, I think 10 months ago. It was one of my favorite projects I've ever designed. Um, and this client is like an internet friend of mine and we did a website together. We did social media templates together in addition to the brand. So it was like a five figure project together and we were helping, um, them like put together the launch and gearing up for the campaign. And we're like a couple weeks away from the brand launch. And then I get that email in my inbox saying that the name is actually taken by another company and that the, basically everything that we've created can't exist anymore. And I also can't share it on my portfolio. I can't post it online as even as like a mock project, just because of like the legal paper trail that has been created about the, the overlap. So Again, if this episode could have come out maybe a year ago, <laughs> that would have been a huge band-aid, but um, it's good to know now. And I think that it's something that I didn't even realize was like a thing that could happen. Like you just don't think that clients would come to you with, with that sort of issue, but it's just not something that crosses people's minds and not everyone can be like on top of their legal game all the time. Like, trust me, I know. So that's a huge tip that like I'll be carrying with me very closely from now on. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm happy that you learned it without, you know, receiving a cease and desist or a lawsuit, because sometimes that's how people discover, you know, they've infringed on someone else's trademark. So I know it sucks, <laughs> but it could have been <laughs> it could have been worse. Um, another thing I tell my clients is, you know, when you are working with your own individual clients, especially in the design industry, if you have an attorney that you trust and you, you know, you value their opinion and they're willing to collaborate with you, see how you can build that trademark infringement or that clearance, as we call it, process into the design process. Because I know there's a bit of a 
um, a period in the beginning where you're becoming familiar with the brand. You know, you guys are testing out different elements and collateral and, you know, ideas and colors and things like that. That would be the, the best time to connect with the attorney to make sure that before you actually start putting everything into practice and building out mock-ups, that the name is available. Because I know personally, you know, my process I work with a lot of designers too, and they built me into their own process. But um, generally it takes about 10 days, 10 business days to clear a trademark to make sure that it's available, right? If you were able to build that into your process, maybe that attorney be willing to expedite it for you or your client so that it doesn't slow you down. But even, you know, if if you're if you're not able to do that, having that client take those steps to do it on their own is really, really important invaluable in the long run because it's a major headache because the truth is this is what a lot of people don't know the truth is if you get sued for trademark infringement they can come after not only do they force you to rebrand let me let me start there they don't just stop at forcing you to rebrand they're able to come after all of your profits from the very first day that you started infringing on their trademark so if this client has been using that name for two years before they came to you for branding that means the first dollar they made two years ago and every dollar after that, this company can pursue in court and win. But yeah, so, I mean, it can be very, very costly in addition to just being a headache and a waste of time, you know, and time is money these days. So we don't want to waste it. Yeah. I, and I think too, what you're saying about working with an attorney, um, not even as like a reactionary um, step in your business, but more of like preventative is something that like is not emphasized enough in the design industry. Um, I am a self-taught designer and I kind of am like an online entrepreneur, um, like digitally native. And so everything that I know about business and the way I move as a business is based off of how others move in the digital space. And for the last three mm-hmm. plus years that I've been online running this, I haven't really heard any discussion or talk about the importance of a lawyer having that attorney relationship and building any sort of legal process into your design process. And I just kind of wish that it was spoken about more because what you're saying is so true that all of these major problems can arise, but even like the micro problems can arise. And I feel like um, when those situations come up, it can deter you from like being a designer altogether. Whenever I've had any sort of client problem, any situation, even like skirted near the legal question, I had like so much anxiety about it that I was frozen. I didn't know what I was supposed to do. I didn't know if a lawyer was necessary. And then I wanted to like quit working with clients for like months after that. And <laughs> yeah, and because it's just really scary. It's, it, it feels like a situation that can't be helped, but you can help it through like preventative measures like these and also with working with an attorney. So, I mean, that leads me to like another question about when it comes to working with an attorney, especially as a brand designer, are there things to consider and like keep in mind to make sure that we're creating a relationship with someone that's like going to create the best results for us and also provide expertise that's relevant to the very particular situations and issues that arise for this industry? Oh yeah, absolutely. Because we're not all created equally, right? Um, Not only do we just have different practice areas and different levels of expertise, but some of us have different communication styles, you know, different ideas of how we should be collaborating with clients. And so, you know, one of the things that I always try to focus on when I'm crafting out my client experience is how would I want to be treated? 
you know, if I knew absolutely nothing about the law and something were going wrong in my business, right? How would I want my attorney to treat me? And so, you know, some of the things that you have to do is interview attorneys. Don't just assume that because they have a law degree or, you know, that they're present on social media or they have a lot of followers that they're the right attorney for you because you won't know until you actually have a conversation with them. And if you don't have that conversation, you're going to find out after you've already retained them and it's too late, right? Because you're knee deep in trying to resolve whatever the issue is and you're feeling overwhelmed. And some people don't feel like they can fire an attorney, right? There's that, you know, that difference in authority and and the leverage that exists just in the the professional space where you feel like, oh, well, you know, I'm just going to ride it out with this person because I don't want to have to find somebody else. So some of the things I recommend, you know, when you meet with an attorney, sometimes the free consultations are not the thing that you should be going forward with because it's not enough time. I know I only offer 15 minutes. Um, my skills are pretty sharp and to the point, you know that. So I do build in time for questions, but if you really want to spend time with someone before you hire them, then maybe a paid consultation would be more appropriate. So you could ask them questions about, you know, how long they've been practicing law. You know, what type of law do they practice? How familiar are they with the brand design process, the brand design industry? You know, have they worked with other clients in the creative industry? And do they specialize in the type of law that would be appropriate for your business, right? Because maybe they've had a client here or there, but they don't really understand what you do, what your concerns are, how your clients think, and what is of value to your business, right? Because they may just be coming from the perspective of an attorney, like I'm just here to fix it, right? But we both know that there's other things that need to be considered in order to maintain client relationships and brand reputation, right? We can't just start sending harshly worded cease and desist letters to everybody, you know, that makes you (laughs) bad. So so there's different things that you want to make sure, you know, that they they understand about you individually and how you do business. And so you want to ask them questions about, you know, their communication, are they going to have an opportunity where they get to know you before they get to work, right? Um, How will they be communicating with you? Do you prefer email, telephone, virtual conference? Like all of that is going to speak to your level of comfort and being able to have, you know, realistic response response times, right? You don't want to send an email and not hear from your attorney for seven to 10 days when, you know, you're worried about a lawsuit that's pending, you need to know if they they guarantee they're going to respond within 24 to 48 hours, right? So those are questions you definitely want to ask. And then also you want to make sure that the person you're speaking to is the person that's actually working on your project or your case, because some attorneys will be the face of their firm and then they'll outsource it out to someone else, or it will bounce from person to person within the firm. And that can just create stress and headache if you don't know the person you're trusting initially is going to be the person that's working on your behalf, you know? So yeah, all of that, in addition to like fees and budget, right? You definitely want to know how they're going to charge you and things like that. But I mean, you really want to spend time as much that's reasonable, right? Getting to know that person and how they do business, because it's already a very stressful situation when you have to call an attorney that you don't want the experience of working with the attorney to, you know, make it more stressful or more of a headache for you. 
Oh, absolutely. And I'm like, so glad too, that you like as an attorney and bringing up like how important comfort is, um, Mm -hmm. as somebody who has recently like gone through their own, like search for an attorney to form a relationship with, I think I met with a handful, like maybe four to six, um, different attorneys that were supposedly, you know, specializing in creatives and specializing in designers. And my experience between each call was so different. It felt like a roller coaster. Um, mm-hmm. Some of them would like fast talk me and made me feel like, like I was like 15 years old and being scolded by like my, by oh my, my principal. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, but then some were conversations like, like you, like with Ivy, that's how I originally like had a conversation with you. You made me feel really comforted. And I felt very calm talking to you. And I think when we were on the phone, I was like, definitely stressed out and anxious just because of my like prior experiences with like the previous lawyers. But, um, you can automatically tell like which attorneys know their stuff and which attorneys like actually care about your comfort and how you feel and what you want out of the relationship. So it's great though, to hear that because my, my, premonition before speaking to any lawyers was just that it's a very high contrasting dynamic where like they're the expert and you're the client and you're like in some sort of legal situation and you just have to follow whatever they say is best, but that's really not Mm -hmm. the case. And it's just, it's really nice to hear you say that and to hear it like confirmed, like in a recording for everyone to hear. (laughs) (laughs) Right. This is, this is recorded, (laughs) but it's true, you know, because you're right. There is this presumption that, you know, you're entering this business relationship with someone who knows more than you, but you have to come to the table with all of the knowledge that you gain about your business, because I don't, I wouldn't initially know what's of value to you, right? I could treat every client the same and say, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to sue them. We're going to follow up with this. You know, we're going to file this. And I have little to no knowledge about your financial resources what your brand development goals are, you know, you know, your business relationship, how you anticipate being perceived after this is all over with, you know, Mm -hmm. because there are things that arise during legal disputes that could really be detrimental to your business and your personal assets. And so until I really feel like I know the person, I have to ask questions so that I can make sure that my recommendations and my advice is aligned with your goals. And there are there aren't a lot of attorneys that a lot of attorneys that do that, but the ones that do do it, I mean, really have um, a huge impact on the clients that they work with and and I'm happy to be one of them for sure. Yeah, and I think one of the things too that stood out to me when we were having our first conversation is like you presented a lot of different um, potential solutions to like the situation I was in and you presented a range, um, not only a range like budgetary wise, but also a range of like severity level and how aggressive or like passive is the wrong word, but you know, that I wanted to be about it. And I appreciated that because I think that as someone who is like, I would say pretty blind to all of the possibilities of like, you know, legal situations as a designer. Um, I just thought that as soon as a lawyer is involved, it's immediately like intense. It's immediately escalated. And that's why I never reached out to one. Um, I never really wanted that um, presence in the business because it would just like escalate everything. But that's just not the case at all. If you're working with someone that really wants to um, meet you where you're at. So I think Mm -hmm. like 
a big objective for me with this episode was to like also reduce the stigma of like working with an attorney. Like just because you're a designer with an attorney doesn't mean that you're a designer, like just dealing out cease and desists or like, you know, suing people left and right. That that's not what it is at all. And it can actually be a resource that calms you instead of like adds to your plate. Absolutely. You know, and and to get back to that questionnaire, like that's one of the benefits of having an attorney in your corner, like being able to identify how you can seamlessly incorporate, you know, legal discussions into your business's framework so that you can be protected and make the smartest decisions going forward, not just for you, but also for your clients, you know? Definitely. And so um, I don't know if we plugged this yet, but Ivy, again, is awesome. And she's providing not one questionnaire, but two for um, navigating the legal landscape with the client side. And then the second one is how to initiate that conversation with potential attorneys and how to ask the right questions that make sure that you are hiring someone that's going to fit all of your needs. So she's providing both of those um, for free to all the listeners in this episode, and they'll be in the episode description. Um, And this is just like one of many resources that Ivy has. I want to quickly reference that she is coming coming out with an educational series. And it's a series that I wish that I'd had when I was first starting out. It's called Like a Lawyer. And it's essentially a series that will teach you how to do different steps of your business, handle different aspects of your business like a lawyer would. Um, And it's something that I think is non-existent, especially in the brand designer space. Like legal talk is on the band list as far as I'm concerned. Like all conversations <laughs> that have like start with LEG, like start to go silent. So this is something that I'm super excited about. And um, I would highly recommend, you know, following Ivy, checking out the two free resources that, resources that she's provided and then keeping an eye out for that like lawyer series because I think it's going to be like so necessary and so vital for everyone who's doing business kind of like I am. Thank you. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. Um, it's it's my baby. It's like my little business baby <laughs> because I, genu- I genuinely care about the people I work with, and I recognize that you know if you haven't gone to law school, like you said, it can be so overwhelming, and you 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 just don't move forward because you don't know which direction to go. And so my goal is that these resources will really kind of give you guys the confidence you need to have those difficult conversations or build the framework out and, you know, restructure your contract, maybe modify a piece here, a piece there so that you don't have to have difficult conversations in the long run. Right. And -hmm. you can just creating amazing brands like you do. Oh, I love that. And I so appreciate, again, like you not only providing the resources, but coming on here just to like recap what you've said, just to like round the episode out. Um, On the client side of like assessing legal risk, we as designers need to be asking the important questions in addition to like aesthetic and like project timeline. You need to be asking questions like trademark and copyright, um, you know, with assets that the brand like owns, like do they actually have the right to own them and do they transfer over when we start to use them to assessing legal risk with regards to like the company name. And I think all of those questions are not only for like reducing client, you know, legal risk, but also just your reputation in the field in general. And then the second part of this episode was covering hiring an attorney and just basically making me 
alongside all of you feel better about hiring an attorney through like questions about their expertise and like giving yourself more props in that conversation. Um, so those are all of the points. I definitely kind of like eviscerated the way that Ivy like <laughs> elegantly said all of that, but <laughs> that was basically everything in this episode. Um, I hope it was really helpful for everyone listening. It was really helpful for me. So that's all I really wanted out of it. <laughs> um, so oh again, go yeah, go to the um, episode description to get all of the links to all of the amazing stuff that Ivy's provided to us. Also check out her profile again. All of that's going to be in the description and also on the Instagram page. Um, and thank you so much, Ivy. I appreciate it so much. And hopefully um, maybe I can have you back again. Um, or if anyone is interested in hearing more from Ivy and her expertise. We are actually doing a workshop together um, that's coming out in a couple of weeks. And it's essentially like the legal must knows for creatives. It's going to cover um, everything under the sun that I wish that I had known when I was you know, a baby designer and all the things that I really, really think that we as creatives need to start talking more about. So that's going to be in the next coming weeks. Check out my Instagram for more info on that. But um, yeah, thank you so much again, Ivy. Yes. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed it. Yeah, that was the episode. Thanks so much. And I'll see you in the next one. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Design Diaries. We'll catch you on the next episode.